the same common stones that had gone in through rubbing against each other like this, creating a little bit of friction, creating a little bit of noise, had come out these beautiful polished rocks. And that's always been in my mind, my metaphor for a team working really hard on something they're passionate about is, is that it's through the team, through that group of incredibly talented people bumping up against each other, having arguments, having fights sometimes, making some noise, and working together, they polish each other. And they polish the ideas, and what comes out are these really beautiful stones. That's Steve Jobs. Not at Apple reflecting on his great success, but in 1995, while at Next Computing. About two years from returning to take the helm of a sinking Apple ship, he's talking about how an old man that lived down the street from him when he was growing up asked him to pick up a few rocks from the backyard and toss them in an old polisher he had in the garage. I'll post the video, the full video, in the show notes, or you can see it on the Facebook page. I've posted it there. Just look for Unraveled Ideas, all one word. I think one of the many uncanny talents of Steve Jobs is his ability to take the simple, the mundane, or the ordinary, and see it from a different angle. This story, and it was a wonderfully told story in its full length, illustrates that ability. Today on episode 9 of Unraveled Ideas, the podcast, we're going to break it down into a few components. I don't know if this is exactly what Steve Jobs thought of or how he thought of this metaphor, but it's what I was thinking after I watched the video. And since I'm Pat, and you're you, and you hit play, we'll get started. What proves to us is that people don't buy what you do, people buy why you do it. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Because I'm always about depth versus width. Depth versus width. You communicate an idea in a way that resonates, change will happen, and you can change the world. If you want to polish rocks and create beautiful stones, there are a few requirements. The first of those is, well, rocks. You can't just have any rocks, though. You need hard rocks. No Phil Collins or air supply here. You need tough rocks. You also need rocks that are smooth. Porous or fractured rocks don't work well. This might be the first time or the one time I've ever wished I was a geologist because I don't know exactly what rocks qualify as hard, tough, and smooth. But I do know how that relates to building a team that is passionate. In order to get a team that is capable of building something great, they need to be confident, talented, and passionate. They can't quit the first time someone challenges an idea of theirs. They can't stop caring when the team hits the first, second, or third road bump. They need to have the talent and skill level to actually create something great. Additionally, and something that is as important as the rest, is they need to be passionate enough to criticize other ideas and plans. They can't be afraid of the hard conversations. In reference to episode 8, everyone on your team should be willing and ready to ask what if, why, and then say no. And to flip that around to a personal level, if you expect to be great, to be on a team that builds something passionately, you need to be able to take criticism. You need to be thick-skinned and hard-headed in many ways. You also have to hone your craft until it's indispensable. Work, 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 practice. Get to your 10,000 hours of mastery as fast as humanly possible. And finally, learn how to confidently and correctly ask the right questions. The second thing you need is friction. As I watched the interview with Steve Jobs, he sat there smacking his hands together as he talked about the friction and the noise created by the rock tumbler. It occurred to me that maybe, possibly, this was the most important part. This is the most important ingredient in building this team. Without the friction, the rocks would have been the same day after day. If you've ever watched an Apple keynote, you know Steve Jobs is one of the best presenters ever. Animated, emotional, but throughout this interview, he moved his hands, but the illustration of the friction stood out against the rest. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but the friction is important. First, it's the process that quickly illustrates whether or not you have the right people on your team. If a rock's too soft, it crumbles, it disappears, and it's no longer part of the cycle. On a less abrasive side, the friction also represents the building of the rapport and understanding of how this team will interact and work together. 
At the start of the process, you can't be exactly sure which rock will polish the fastest, which corners will round the quickest, and which rock will collide with the others the most. Team dynamics aren't predetermined. You aren't dealing with constants here. You're dealing with variables that have to be put together, pushed and pulled and worked out. It's the building of this team dynamic that will determine how well the objectives of the project are met and whether or not the end product is just another me too or a masterfully created piece of art. Creating that art takes a commitment to battle for the right thing, to argue, to debate and to discuss, to increase the friction, to honor the process. Everyone on the team needs to be on board with that process. To take it back to a personal level again, as a member of the team, you need to put aside your pride and you need to allow yourself to be polished by the strengths of your fellow team members. It's not about beating your team members, it's about trading strengths and through a commitment to the process, allowing yourself to be rounded and polished as well. And it takes time to build this dynamic and figure out how each of your talented players work together. That's the third thing, time. In the interview, they didn't just pop the rocks in to the tumbler, wait five minutes, and boom, it's done. No, the man told Steve Jobs to come back the next day and let the tumbler run for a full day. I had a friend with a rock tumbler when I was a kid, and sometimes it took longer than a day, much longer, three, four, a week. Good things don't happen overnight, unless you're tumbling rocks, I guess. But when you put a lot of talented people in a room, people with egos, people with confidence, and people with skill, it takes a while to work out that dynamic. Additionally, if people are committed to creating greatness, the project itself will take time. There's that old saying, cheap, good, and fast, you can pick at most two. Greatness isn't easy. Creation at any level isn't easy. It takes time and commitment from everyone on board to stick with it, through the obstacles, the friction, and the noise. I know one of my biggest weaknesses is impatience. When something feels stuck, I tend to try and force the issue. Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes you have constraints, and I'm not advocating for endless revisions. Instead, I'm saying that far too often, I, and probably many others, throw the process out the window when the friction heats up, when things take too long. We just need to realize that the friction and the process are forging something great. I remember a few years ago, myself and a coworker were tasked with developing a marketing campaign for our division. When we started the process, it seemed pretty straightforward. We were going to talk about story, talk about how you use it with your business. I wrote some copy and passed it off to Chris, our designer. Now I may instigate and play devil's advocate quite a bit, but I swear to you, Chris says something to me along the lines of like, your copy's garbage. I can't design anything with it. From my initial view, I looked at it and I said, no, everything's here. I did the research. And he responds with, yeah, but it's bland as f you can't expect me to design a book about telling a story and hand me copy that reads like a manual for an electric toothbrush. So we argue. He makes a comment that he's just going to use a picture of a pumpkin carriage because Cinderella is a real story. I jokingly comment that he should. Then he asks me if I'm serious. We discuss it. We debate it. And finally, we settle on the fact that we need to be more illustrative in the book. I rewrite the copy and we end up going with a picture of a dragon and a peacock and us drinking beer down at Founders. We put together the book, a website, an email marketing, and a direct mail campaign. It won us an award and gained the interest of a company who is now one of, if not our largest clients. At the time, I didn't want to rewrite the entire book, and I'm sure Chris wasn't initially pleased with having to start another draft of his designs, but we did, and at the end, we both knew it was right. Additionally, we weren't scared to bump heads or debate things anymore. We looked forward to it because we knew that's how we created good products and made each other better in the process. Before I close this podcast, I want to mention two things that aren't required for building something great or a great team. The first is permission. You don't need to wait for anyone to tell you to create the team or ask the hard questions. Go find the people in your office and build the team for a new project. Be upfront that you want an open project where everyone can be transparent and honestly critique the progress and direction. Commit to duking it out and then grabbing a tasty beverage afterwards. It works and we have lots of tasty beverages in this area. The second thing that is absolutely not a requirement is a strict hierarchical structure. 
you may need someone to lead a part of the design or a project, and you'll have project requirements, but I'd argue that having a rigid structure is akin to putting one hard rock in with a bunch of soft ones. Give permission to be a part. Give the lead in different areas to different people that fit their strengths. Create a structure, the tin can, that held the rocks into the tumbler, but don't create a hierarchy that dissuades the necessary friction. Find your project and build your team of rocks. Add some friction and craft something. For now, that's all. As always, I'd love your feedback, questions, ideas for future topics, or things that inspire you. You can reach me on Twitter or Facebook at Unraveled Ideas and through email at pat at unraveledideas.com. Have a positively friction-filled day.